your daily dose of sports and fun. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. I'm Mike Hebert, owner of Cantex Roofing and Construction. Every day is game day, and we'll get it right when it comes to your roofing, construction, windows, and mirrors. Call Cantex Roofing and Construction today. Together, we are one serving you. Great to have you with us today on Lubbock Sports Station, Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com. We'll have uh, football on the air for you tonight. NFL starts week number four. Detroit Lions playing at the Green Bay Packers. Kind of get to see, you know, the, the Lions came so close to getting into the playoffs last year and they're off to, uh, to a good start. And Packers obviously have a new new quarterback. So we get to see kind of who's going to rise up a little bit there uh, tonight between those two teams. Yeah, it does feel like the Lions are a team that is kind of knocking on the door of being relevant. See if mm-hmm. they can keep that going moving forward. Yeah, yeah. So so we'll have that for you at 630 uh, tonight on 100.7. The score, you'll hear Red Raider football with Joey McGuire tonight. That'll be at uh, 6 o'clock here on Double T 97.3. And um, on tonight's show, you'll have uh, Kenny Perry, uh, who is the associate head coach and also works with the special teams. And then you'll have uh, the senior punter, the uh, All-American, potential one for this year too, Austin McNamara. I think he's off to a good start. Great start. For the year, yeah. So um, that'll be tonight from 6 until 7 on uh, Double T 97.3. So I look forward to... uh, Coach McGuire's comments tonight and see what kind of nuggets or uh, kind of intel we can get. Sometimes you you get a little bit of a peek behind the curtain, so make sure you're tuned in uh, for that tonight. We have uh, some basketball news. Uh, the Red Raider men's team will have their first practice, official practice. They've been practicing, trust me. I mean, with the way that kind of things are right now, it's, it's almost become a year-round deal, but... Uh, They'll, uh, they'll have their first official practice uh, today at United Supermarkets Arena. They'll go over to the arena today to, uh, to practice. Coach McCaslin will meet with the media. and I'm sure that uh, the scribes will be there with pertinent questions. Curious about, you know, different players and how things are going to go. The other thing that they announced yesterday, Jamie, uh, and I think this is kind of cool. I wish it was in town, but I, I, under, I understand why they're – what they're doing, but they're uh, they're going to play the the Texas A&M Aggies in a charity exhibition game, and that'll be in Denton. Yeah, I think that's awesome. Kind yeah. of a kind of a scrimmage to help you get ready for the season game that doesn't technically count, all that good stuff, and part of a double header there. So I think it's I think it's really cool, and I think you know anybody that's a diehard Red Raider basketball fan can make the drive there to go to go watch it, or many, plenty of people in the Metroplex. Well, I'm sure there'll be full of Red Raiders and Aggies there, so yeah. I bet it'll be a pretty cool setting. It'll be Sunday, uh, October the 29th. This will be at the Super Pit in Denton. Super Pit. The Super Pit. Uh, and uh, the Aggies and the Red Raiders will play for the first time since 2012. If you'd asked me, I would have said I didn't think it was that long ago, but, you know, because of uh, the Aggies leaving – uh, the Big 12 to to go to the SEC, it has it has been that long, um, eleven years. Um, so it's crazy. Here's the other thing that is crazy. Just looking at the at the release and the note on this, the uh, the series between the two, Tech is up sixty four sixty one. 
The last time that they played in College Station, Red Raiders won that game 48-36. to um, Oh, they, I'm sorry. That was the first time they played 48-36 back in 1941. But the Aggies won, have won the last six games of that series. And the last time that they won here in Lubbock was February the 14th, 2012, Valentine's Day. They won 47-38. to 48. 47-38. Yeah, there was a stretch there that we saw a lot of low-scoring basketball. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, you kind of, might say bad basketball. Sure, sure. <laughs> you, you you and you could say too. You go, well, man, you you hold a team to forty-seven, you should win. But then the Yankees say, well, you hold a team under thirty, under forty, and you should win too. And they and they did that night. Um, Aggies last year went twenty-five and ten, fifteen and three, and. SEC play, so um, should be should be like you said, it's a doubleheader, and it's uh, for charity, the relief efforts uh, for Maui as the beneficiary. It's called uh, Compete for Cause Classic. Um, North Texas will take on Sam Houston at two at the Super Pit. Probably not gonna have the appeal, the buzz, <laughs> the buzz, yeah, and then. Uh, Red Raiders and, uh, and the Aggies after that. I think I've been to the Super Pit once. Oh, yeah? I think so. Yeah, it was for a uh, graduation. The lucky lady got a Master's of Library Science from North Texas. And uh, she would go there occasionally to do some classes. And then a lot of it was online. And then graduation was there at North Texas. So we all, we all climbed in the jalopy and went over there to North Texas to watch her matriculate with nice. a Master's. Yeah, it was nice. It was mm-hmm. real nice. So, what uh, was the? But I believe it was at the Super Pit. So again, ticket proceeds go to the Maui Relief, and uh, that that will uh, that be go for a good cause. Uh, speaking of uh, speaking of Hawaii, um, Oregon State announced their schedule yesterday or the other day, and it includes for them a trip to Hawaii to take on the Texas Tech Lady Raiders. And the Lady Raiders are kind of waiting on making that announcement official. Uh, until they get kind of all the particulars. But uh, apparently Oregon State feels good about it. So I guess I guess the uh, Lady Raiders will be going to Hawaii for, uh, right before Christmas. Good. Okay, so the other uh, news that came out of the Lady Raider camp yesterday, and it's not good news. It's not good news. A uh, gal that was going to be your point guard, Jay-Z on Jackson, has uh, suffered a season-ending yeah. injury. Her, uh, she ruptured her Achilles mm. about three weeks ago. She's already had surgery. Um, she's was her right leg, so she's on a you know, one of those little cart deals. Can't do anything yet with it. Um, but it's really disappointing because um, she was. They were really counting on her to, you know, run the show. I hate that for her. Yeah, hate that. Hate that for her. And so. <clears throat> As a result, um, they'll have to do it kind of by committee is what Coach Gerlich said yesterday, whether it's, you know, Bailey Maupin or Jazz Shavers or uh, Ashley Chevalier or some kind of combination thereof. Um, and they still have a good compliment, but, I mean, not, at least I guess you know. You know now. I mean, they've known for two or three weeks. I had not been to practice in about three or four, so – the last time I was there, everybody was 
relatively healthy. Uh, they've got a little bit of little bit of uh, kind of one other player that's got a little bit of an issue, but uh, she should be good to go for the start of the season. Jordan Merritt's got a little bit of a, a knee issue, but but she should be okay for uh, the start of the season. So that's the that's the take on uh, on the ladies, and uh, like I said, the men will get get started today with uh, with their practices. Six twenty three this morning here on the morning drive. We get this. I'm so excited about Major League Baseball. It's my favorite time of the year. It's it is the time for contending teams to get hot. I'm also excited about Texas Tech soccer. Yeah, we'll have uh, Coach Tom Stone on the air for you at eight thirty today uh, to talk about his soccer team. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, we've only had him on a couple of times, but I think both times we've had him on, they've won. That's good. So mm-hmm. uh, Red Raiders are 14th uh, in the poll, and they'll take on Oklahoma uh, tonight. So that's uh, Red Raiders are 9-0-2, off to a 3-0 start. They take on Oklahoma, and uh, the first touch tonight is at 7 o'clock over at the John Walker Soccer Complex, and I'm sure they'd love to have you there as uh, this team is uh, on a roll right now. So looking for a little home court or home field advantage uh, tonight. And The Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3 is presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. I was really mad at a story that came out yesterday. I'm curious, I'm, I'm curious if you are indifferent or if you have uh, an outrage factory of your own that you're building, which, generally speaking, you don't have a great number of those that you that you build on an annual basis. Mm-hmm. This uh, this this came out yesterday afternoon from uh, Rosemont, Illinois. The college football playoff management committee quote shelved any talk of format changes to the expanded 12-team field that will begin next season opting instead to continue to wait to see what the future of the gutted Pac-12 will look like. The, uh, the Pac-12 is, is down to two for 2024, Washington State and Oregon State. I, I don't think anybody thinks that that will remain the same. Correct. Um, I think that there will be some kind of a, a merger or something along those lines. Um, so if, if I'm, if I'm reading this correctly, I haven't just read the whole story. It's going to remain at four then, right? Remain at four? Yeah. The Pac-12? No, no, no. Oh, the college football playoff. Um, I'm not, I, I'd, I'd have to get a little bit more info on that. Okay. Cause that, that's how I'm re- that's, that's how I'm reading this. Shelved, and maybe they were talking about, and maybe maybe this was, they were going to go to twelve, and they were going to make some changes in addition to that, because of of how they were. Anyway, I maybe maybe I'm totally reading this wrong. Maybe I'm just a, a, a guilty of looking at the headline and reading just a little bit of it. But my my thought when I saw this was, and maybe I just immediately thought thought wrong was that we were going to go back to four, but I guess we're still staying at 12 next year. Yeah, that feels like that would be massive news. Right, right. I mean, I didn't get a chance to hear 
I didn't get. I was really busy yesterday afternoon, so I didn't get a chance to hear any of Tech Talk yesterday, and hardly anything from the bottom line yesterday. So I, I didn't. I didn't even talk to anybody um, yesterday afternoon. So I guess. I guess it's remaining at twelve. So maybe. Maybe I should shut down my, just call off the bulldozers, you know, and shut down my internal outrage. Because I kind of thought, and I hadn't really heard anything, so I kind of was like, kind of surprised. I'm like, why isn't anybody talking about this? But I guess it was just little old me that thought they were going to stay at four and not do 12. Yeah, it, it seems like that. And there would be a lot of outrage if, yeah. if it went to that. Yeah. So it, I get, and it also feels like it'd be pretty hard for them to go back at this point. Yeah, because I think what they were going to do is they were going to look at, because of all the changes and everything, they were going to look at kind of how they were going to, how they were going to do it or make make some even some more changes uh, prior to uh, prior to the TV contract coming out. Mm-hmm. So, never mind. Yeah, I, again, I, I just feel like that would be a national story. Yeah. I mean, and, and be some pretty uh, upset folks. Yeah, be a lot of crazy talking heads, right? Mm-hmm. We probably would have seen a lot of yeah arms flailing and uh, stuff like that. College football fans have asked for it for so long, mm-hmm. promise it, and then say, no, we're going to change our mind, we're going to take it back. I don't know if that would go well. Yeah, so, okay, well... That's on. That's on me. But I, I'm, I'm irritated that Pac-12 Commissioner George Kliakoff was allowed to attend. He didn't speak to re- reporters. Participated in votes on everything relevant to this season, according to Bill Hancock, who's the head of the college football playoff. Well, it He's, seems like until they're not a league, he should still be allowed to be there. I'm surprised they haven't fired him. To be quite honest with you. Mm-hmm. But I guess, I guess when you only have Washington State and Oregon State and Cal and Stanford left. Well, really, it's Oregon State and Washington State really left, truly left. Um, I mean, both those teams probably be, they'd probably be for it. The schools probably be for Mr. Kliakoff getting shut in the door. Yeah, maybe so. Yeah. Uh, this, I take that article as referring to automatic bids without a PAC, without a PAC-12. Yeah, that, and that's absolutely something they have to figure out is who's going to get the automatic, what conferences are, you know, how many are guaranteed, all, all the above. Mm-hmm. And, and that's obviously something that, that we knew had to get figured out with the change with the Pac-12. Because obviously, if the Pac-12 merges with the Mountain West, you're not giving them an automatic. Uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't think you are, at least. Yeah. They're apparently It'd be very disappointing if you did. Apparently had been some uh, discussions about changing the currently agreed upon model of six plus six, which rewards the six highest ranked conference champions plus the next six highest ranked teams. If the Pac-12 dissolves or loses its status as a Pac-5 Power 5 conference, keeping a six plus six for the next two years would allow guaranteed access for the two group of five champions. The current model was agreed upon before realignment disseminated the Pac-12. If the Pac-12 folds sources have indicated to, to ESPN there's a strong preference to change the model to five plus seven meaning the five highest ranked conference champions plus the next seven highest ranked teams to be but for that format to change in time for the 2024 season it would have to be unanimous American Athletic Conference Commissioner Mike Oresco said on yesterday he'll vote against changing the current contract I will vote six for six for now 
If a nuanced proposal that is different should develop, I would consult with my conference membership. I don't know. There's still a lot of still there's still a lot of confusion there. Mm-hmm. But as long as it's staying at twelve, I, I don't know that I care how they get there. I don't necessarily think that there's going to be a two-team pack. I don't think it's going to be the pack two, and they're going to duke it out for a pack two championship and expect to, you know, have a seat at that table. Right. I think that's unreasonable to think. I completely agree. You know, so uh, Chuck always seeking drama. It's quarterback controversy or something else. Well, you know, I created this own little drama in my own little head, and so I'll own it, and um, I'll look forward to a twelve team playoff, Jamie, in twenty twenty four. Hmm? No matter how we slice it up, okay? I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to make for much, much better storylines and make that thing way more exciting. Yeah, especially the end of year. and all. It's Just like we're talking about with these pennant races and like we do in the NFL and like we do in college basketball and college baseball. Your daily dose of sports and fun. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Good morning with Jamie Linton, Jeff McGuire. I'm Chuck Hines, Red Rider Football with Joey McGuire. Tonight at 6 o'clock, you'll have Associate Head Coach Kenny Perry, who's also in charge of the special teams, Austin McNamara. They'll all be there uh, tonight, so you can uh, tune in and hear it here on Double T 97.3 at 6 and uh, get your take on uh, what's going to happen on Saturday and maybe some of what happened uh, last Saturday. Uh, getting uh, ready for Saturday, uh, you look at, uh, and look at Houston and before you look at Houston, um, I think, I think by and large, and I, I'm not necessarily one that I don't do the grading very well, but I would just say this: to me, defense has not been your problem in terms of your three losses. Yeah, I don't think anybody would say that it has been the only the only challenge or the only problem that it, that I've had with the defense at times, and especially especially Saturday, was the penalties on third down. And defensive coordinator Tim DeRuder the other day was asked, why so many third down penalties? The why typically comes down to technique. Uh, the the penalties we're talking about are holding penalties and in, D, in DPI, defensive pass interference. Um, some are more egregious than others. We're, we're, we're going to be a physical defense. And I want our guys getting hands on receivers. Um, you got to do that, you know. Not within five yards like the National Football League, but you've got to do it when the receiver's in front of you so that we can get our hands on and the ball's not in the air. And, you know, we're getting lazy in our technique at times and reaching out and grabbing. And, and we, you know, we've seen it at practice and we've, we've gotten on them because we know it's going to get called. And it's something that we've got to continue to drill. It's, it's something that uh, we've got to get better at because, you know, I think – Statistically, they were three of 13 on third down, but they had four conversions that didn't count because they were penalties. But those are conversions. And, you know, while it didn't show up on the stat sheet, and in our mind it did because the drives continued, and we've got to eliminate those to play good defense. Yeah. So, I mean, you can't. That's interesting. Lazy technique. Um, you're not blaming on the officials or anything else, but, and seeing that in practice. So, Practice as you play, and play as you practice. Sometimes, yeah, no, no doubt. I, I mean, it is uh, like you said. I think you're happy with the defense overall. I feel like they've played well, played well enough to win. But I'm just saying that was one of the more frustrating moments of the game um, on the drive where you saw two of them um, yeah. that mm-hmm. extended the drive and mm-hmm. just uh, uh, the penalties. That it's always that way, right? When you think you get a third down stop and. Nope, there's a penalty on the play. 
400 downs, you don't get up the field, you don't get the ball back, whatever. It's uh, it's extremely frustrating to see it that many times in one game. It just was a head-scratcher, which just goes to show you how how well the Red Raiders played defensively. Mm-hmm. That they were only only gave up 20 points despite the fact that they had those four plays that gave them first downs. Or you could – it's probably a combination of the two things or – how bad is West Virginia's offense? Yeah. That they still only scored 20 points, even though he kept giving them first downs. All right. Speaking of offense, here's Coach DeRuiter on Donovan Smith and the Houston Cougar offense. And we, we know Donnie. He's a, he's a tremendous competitor, really good athlete, strong arm. Uh, the thing that, that makes him you know particularly dangerous is his ability to run the football and do it as a very physical runner. Uh, you know, he's a big man. Um He's doing a nice job in their in their throw game. They're throwing for 275 yards or so a game, um, you know, about 400 or so, you know, uh, close to it total offense. But he's the trigger guy in it. You know, that Coach Holgerson, their staff does a great job of spreading you out. They they use the entire field, you know, 53 and a third across, and they're going to take vertical shots. So you've got to have people in spots, and then when you spread everybody out. You know, a guy with Donnie's dimensions can tuck the ball and run and, and gain yards and move the stick. So uh, it's going to be a good challenge for us this week, and, and hopefully our guys will be up for it. I mean, he spent three years here, so they'll know him uh, pretty well. He uh, was the MVP of the Liberty Bowl. He led, he led the team in passing last year. You know, they each started about four games, uh, but in, in passing yards. So... You know, he's he's formidable. He just wanted a chance to start, and um, he went to Coach McGuire. They had a meeting in his office, and Coach, Coach McGuire was very complimentary of how he handled it and how he handled the situation. They explained to him kind of how they saw his role, and he he basically said, "I I I want a, I want a chance to start. I want a chance to to." And you can't fault him for that. And, no, and, it was a no brainer. I mean, he's going to be third on the depth chart, and you mm-hmm. can totally understand a kid wanting to go play. He goes somewhere where he's first on the depth chart. Now he's playing. Yeah. So I mean, it wasn't like he was running around screaming, saying that coaches don't like me and right. I'm this. I'm being, you know, mom's the booster club president, and that's why Tyler mm-hmm. Shuck's getting a start or anything like that. He wasn't accusing right. anybody of being a scoundrel or anything. Mm-hmm. So it was just he knew what his role was here, and yeah, he wanted a different role. So I don't think anybody would fault him for that. Um, Sure would have liked to have had him stick around, though. Yeah, right. <laughs> at, this point, right. Yeah. at this point, right. right. Yeah. Um, so, uh, okay. Hey, you, you, I don't know if Coach McGuire said behind closed doors, hey, you know, Danny, I mean, the last couple of September's haven't been very good for us. So I'm sure probably Coach, gonna, probably you know, that's, you. that's got to be an interesting spot for a coach because you get it and you and you care for a player as a person and you and say, hey, man, I understand. I want you to go have success. And at the same time, you're thinking to yourself, man, you just never know, you know, and the way things have gone for the Red Raiders over the years with their quarterback position, you just never know when you're going to need three. Yeah. As sad as it is. I want to go back to what we were talking about with the penalties. Um, I think the, the next most frustrating thing with not getting off the field on third down is when you defend a play well, you think you do, a pass play, and then all of a sudden the quarterback breaks out of the pocket and he yeah. just takes it for a first down himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what really scares me about Smith. And Coach Tim De, Tim DeRuiter echoed that. He talks about containing Donovan Smith. We, we think a, a ton of him as a competitor and, and as a young man with character. We really, 
wanted the best for him. We just didn't want to have to play against him as, as quickly as we're going to have to. But, uh, um, you know, we're not going to go into the whole game plan things, but you, you got to mix things up. And, and that's what we typically do on defense. Um, he does a good job of executing what they do. I think Coach Holgerson's one of the tops in the game as far as game planning defenses. Uh, he knows exactly what he wants to do to put stress on people, and he does a good job doing that. And he puts guys in run-pass binds, you know, guys that have to play those overhang positions, and they read those guys, and if they make mistakes, the ball's getting out, or they're, they're running the ball. So um, he, he puts a lot of stress on you because of his ability in the run game to, you know, add a plus one, and, and you're going to be short at times, and guys got to beat blocks. That's uh, Tim DeRuiter. And, and, you know, uh, Dana Holderson quoted the H.A. this morning saying uh, that he thinks that his mindset will be okay. He said, and he, you know, because you, you think about some of the other guys that have got left here and gone there, like Tejon Henry and Keyshawn Carter and Alex Hogan. Uh, and he says this, some of the other kids that we've had that have transferred from there, I don't think handled going back there very well. Not to mention names or revisit who or why or whatever. But it's an emotional thing when you're on a team and then you leave and you go back there to play. It's when you coach, too. So you've got to do a good job of blocking things out. And I will do my job when it comes to Donovan with that this week. Yeah, it seems like Keyshawn Carter was like a non-factor. Yeah, yeah. Completely. Yeah. Uh, in that game last year, if I remember correctly, I could be wrong on that. But, um, you know, that's interesting. And I always have wondered about that, like uh, – a coach that is coaching somewhere that maybe he against a school that he went to school or he's coaching against a school where he was previously a coach there and what the emotions are, are like for the coaches. But you would definitely think they would be there for the players. But Donovan didn't seem like a super emotional guy. Mm-hmm. He's a coach's kid, too. I think he, yeah. that helps. So, yeah, maybe maybe it won't bother him as much as we would like it to. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> I guess that could go either either way, right. though, right? Sure. Because maybe it super motivates them, but at the same time, sometimes they get a little bit too amped up. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe with coaches, maybe it's like your first spot. Like Holgerson, I mean, he spent, you know, this was a place where he kind of grew up and, you know, his first big job and spent a number of years here and the team had a lot of success and it really propelled him to – to where he went to going to Houston to be an offensive coordinator and then Oklahoma State and then the head coach at West Virginia and now back with the Cougars. So I'm sure it's I'm sure it's different. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Time now for Jamie's question of the day on Lubbock Sports Station, Double T 97.3. What do you what do you got? A special treat? Like, well, I, mean, I mean, what do we describe him as a banana split? Or we got a Nice oh, brownie. It's, I think it's just, you know, we get his uh, we get his mm-hmm. enthusiasm. You know, some, if you, some liqueur in your coffee this morning. <laughs> that's a special treat. Yeah, it is, it is. I should try that some. How morning. would we describe Tom Stone? Would it be okay? Like, like let's just say tomorrow, tomorrow. Like, I could just bring some Bailey's for my coffee. Would that be all right? I, yeah. nah, you'd have to ask the boss about that. But I don't care. Okay, maybe nobody. Well, maybe I'll save that for like uh, one of our November. Uh, game day, you know, activity. You know, take a little Bailey's out there to Optimum Game Day Live. Wonder Translation, mm-hmm. he doesn't want to ask the boss if he can drink on the air tomorrow. Yeah, I don't. Oh, I, I, I think don't care. Is. I just don't want to hear you bragging about it. Oh, okay. Yeah, you. that's uh, I, what you do is fine with you know. me. Just mm-hmm. I hate the alcoholic bragger. 
you they hate just that annoy me yeah you know you anybody can drink they some certain people choose at times not to <clears throat> Okay. Right. Yeah. I always got a kick out of the guy. I was like, "Man, I got so drunk last night. I threw up this many times, and blah 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 blah." And I'm like, "What would be impressive is if you drank that much and mm -hmm. you didn't throw up." Telling me how sick you mm -hmm. got is just means you couldn't control mm -hmm. your liquor. You're kind of a fool. To to so. me, I always viewed like if you got sick the next morning that 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 was a sign of weakness and that you yeah. that, that's something that you didn't would, share. Yeah, I would agree. I just that uh, you didn't didn't yeah. share. Or when people just have to tell you, like, oh, I got Bailey's in my coffee. <laughs> okay. I got. No. I, I got amino powder in my water. So Amino. Oh. Do you really? Yeah. Amino power. Yeah. What is. Powder. Powder. What does it give you? Does it give you a little extra burst? A little caffeine. A little caffeine? Yeah. Pep you up a little bit? Hmm. It helps. Okay. Well, that's good. I mean, that way I, I don't I, have to drink another Mountain Dew with 170 calories in it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this I'm not even a drinker, but Bailey's in the coffee is pretty nice. Yeah. yeah, and I'm not. I'm I'm like maybe a once a year Bailey's in the coffee guy, and that's usually around Christmas time, maybe at home. You know, that'd be that'd be pretty much it for I think me. The missus partakes in some of that. Time now for Jamie's <laughs> question of the day on Lubbock Sports Station Double T ninety seven three. Jeff with a subtle reminder there. I don't think it was subtle. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of things it was. Subtle was not. <laughs> <laughs> I want one of these buttons to push mm -hmm. <laughs> the next time Jeff shows me something on his phone. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. The next time Jeff shows me a video game that he's played okay. or something that he's like, I'm bored of your conversation. He mm -hmm. just told us he's bored of our conversation. Move on. Yeah. What are he, we just, doing? <laughs> he just told us that. Okay. We were having a conversation, Jeff. All right. So my question for you guys today. Involving Big 12 football with Houston coming to town. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of wanting to know where on your list of dislike teams they are. So I'm going to tell you, I'm going to ask you to give me your top four most disliked teams in the Big 12 conference. And just overall, not just football, but overall, and put them in order for me. So who do you dislike the most? All right, let me, Current or future? One through four right now in the Big 12 Conference. Okay. Give me just, I just want to make sure I'm not missing anybody here. Pull it. Texas, TCU, Baylor, Kansas State. Okay. Until you beat Kansas State in football, they're going to hold the number four spot. Okay. Uh, for me, it's, it's Kansas State, whether you've beat them 62 times in a row or lost to them 32 times in a row. It's always, for me, it's always going to be K-State is absolutely number one. Um, Texas is going to be number two for me. Um, Oklahoma is going to be number three for me, and uh, and I don't have the extreme hate of TCU, but I'll, I'll say TCU as number as number four. But Houston is a is a close five. Okay, uh, I will take TCU number one. I will take Baylor number two. I will take Texas number three, and I will take Houston number four. I, I feel like I dislike, especially losing to TCU and Baylor worse than Texas, because I feel like you're supposed to be on a level playing field with them. Yeah, mm -hmm. totally understanding that Texas is 
you know, what they have to spend, what they have to work with is just, it's just a different deal. Okay. You're always going to be the underdog against the Longhorns. Um, the, the dislike of Houston hasn't come as much yet. I fe- I'm fearful that it will come at some point, but, um, it's the worst experience I've ever had with a, with another fan base, uh, at on the Rhone at Houston, but that, that was a one-time deal. I don't. So I, I'm not bothered that much by their fan base at this point, but that could always change. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I, I hate the fact that uh, TCU's gained relevance by being in the Big 12, and I fear that that's going to be the same case with Houston, uh, that we, we will make them a much – we have made them a much bigger competitor by allowing them to be in the Big 12. Yeah, the Big 12 definitely helped that, but I think TCU deserves some credit for it. Yeah, no. I mean, they took advantage of the situation. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and, and they were they were obviously good beforehand too. Yeah, they had their moments. I mean, I I I still think that TCU, from a basketball standpoint, is a sleeping giant. That, and I don't I don't know. I just feel like because of the of the talent base there in in the DFW area. I mean, again, you can look at Final Four teams from the last 30 years, and it seems like there's always a kid from fill-in-the-blank Dallas-Fort Worth area. And once, if TCU can ever capture that uh, on a on a big-time basis, then uh, other schools in the Big 12 are are in trouble, and that that includes this one here. I just I hate it. I hate that they're in the Big 12. Um, I don't know that Jamie Dixon's the answer, but he's he's done pretty good. Uh, Red Raider Two Gun says Texas, 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 and Texas. We get this uh, TCU, Baylor, Texas, and West Virginia. Hmm. We get Texas, UT Horns, and Texas University. Oh, okay. Yeah, I grew up in Houston. They were irrelevant when I lived there, and they still are irrelevant to this day to me. They give off major little brother vibes. Okay. Can't stand people who brag about drinking. What do you want? A cookie for being dumb? LOL. Did you send that one in? I did not send that. <laughs> I don't think you would say, do you want a cookie? That, that's, that doesn't sound like you. The Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3 is presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Good morning with Jamie Lent and Jeff McGuire. I'm Chuck Hines. And let's uh, going on this week with uh, the Rangers on the verge of capturing a playoff spot. They um, will play tonight against the Seattle Mariners. Mariners had their backs squarely against the wall, and uh, you know they couldn't. They could not be in a worse spot. Um, but they get to be at home, and they get to play the team that's leading the division by for for them. You know, four games, and they've got four games left with them. So, um, if they're going to be in that spot, I guess that's the the best spot for that to be. Um, at uh, at any rate, we'll have the game for you tonight at uh, at eight o'clock. Magic number for the Rangers is two. They lead Houston by two and a half games, and they lead Seattle by four. Rangers and the Mariners uh, have four games left on the season. Astros are off tonight. Their opponent, Arizona, is in Chicago this afternoon to take on the White Sox. Arizona is still in a fight for a wild card spot, although they're in a pretty good spot as um, they they lead by two over Miami and Chicago, who are tied for the third spot. So at any rate, it's um, a lot of scoreboard watching 
for all those teams over the next few days. Rangers can take matters in their own hands, make it uh, a magic number of one, and then uh, tomorrow, if they were to win or the Astros lose, based on what the Rangers do tonight, they could clinch a division. So it'd be great for them to do that before you enter into the weekend and start to let the collar get a little tighter and tighter because with every win, the Mariners get more confidence, and with every loss, you know, the Rangers have a little doubt. And then you got Houston that's right there behind them that might try to steal a division mm-hmm. away at the end of the day. So that's uh, that's what you got going on there. We'll have the Lions and the Packers uh, tonight from Green Bay, from Lambeau Field, as uh, the Lions are uh, taking on the Green Bays. We'll have it at 630 on 100.7, the score. Is that is that a stadium you would have a desire to go Yeah. Yeah, I'd like to go to Lambeau. I'd like to go see a game there. Okay. Um, Your, like, Major League Baseball bucket list right now, is Fenway on the the top of that list of places that you haven't been to? That I would really like to go to? Yeah. 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 No, I think I would agree with that. Camden Yards would be up there. Mm -hmm. I'd like to go to Comerica. Um, Yeah, those would be the... three that I'm like would really like to go see okay um mm-hmm. and then in the NFL is it uh is there is is there anything that really stands out to you besides Lambeau Field Lambeau Field yeah no not no. really yeah, it's a, it's, the 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 NFL games are just um it's just so much different going to an NFL game as opposed to a, a college game or just just I don't know just the uh I don't know, it just seems it's just so different um, mm-hmm. can't re- you know the, it's the 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 fans are different. Um, it's just I don't know. It's just it just it has a different feel to me. Yeah, I'd love to go to Neyland Stadium at Tennessee. I'd mm-hmm. love to go see a game at LSU. Just feel like there's you know Michigan, Ohio State. I'd love to go see a game there. Penn just, State. Would you like to go to State College? Yeah, that'd probably be fine. Yeah, you know. it just feels like there's so much passion, and I mean the number of fans yes. there, all mm-hmm. that seems like it would be really cool. Yeah, right, right. All right this this person has has said this a uh, number of times. You guys admitted that Joey, Coach McGuire, misevaluated his team. I I don't think that we admitted that anything along those lines well i think we would say that he misevaluated the offensive line yeah 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 so i mean team is uh and then this person says does this mean we should question his recruiting only one four-star offensive line and the rest three stars we need beef i, I think it's what you do once you get the kids because you could you could have a fistful of four stars or five stars and which would be which would be great but how do they develop into college football players? And I think the, you know, we don't have enough. There's not enough on the, you know, out there yet to evaluate that or for, for him probably even to evaluate that because this is year two. So, um, I mean, you're going you're gonna to start to be able to say, okay, can he recruit? Yes. Can he develop players? Question mark. Can they develop into players that can be, you know, help you win more than you lose and compete for a championship. The jury's still out on all that, right? Well, so clearly he's done a good job recruiting in a lot of different areas. Offensive line has not been as as uh, successful 
up to this point mm-hmm. um that uh and, and it kind of i don't know i would say that it showed because your offensive line hasn't been great but then again you've you've really tried to build this offensive line through the portal as much as you have through high school recruiting even if you had recruited well in his two years here as along the offensive line those wouldn't be guys that you would expect to be playing major roles right now this just doesn't work that way with offensive linemen very often sometimes it does um so i guess all i would say to that is um who who do you feel like are the two hardest positions to find great players college football okay i, I go ahead you, 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 i would just say offensive line and defensive linemen Okay. Okay. Great defensive tackles and and great offensive linemen. That that would be what I would say. Okay. To find because you don't know, right? Because you could look at quarterbacks, you could look at receivers, you could look at defensive backs. I just think those, yeah, all all of those things are true. I just think you look at um, those guys and the ones that are no doubter, five star, great ones. Man, they're they're going to the biggest schools. Mm-hmm. You know, they're playing in the SEC. I mean. I, I just don't think um, – I think that's the hardest spot. Those are the hardest spots, O-line and D-line, to find superstar players that are going to come to a Texas Tech, you know? Um, so that's clearly an area where you've got to get better, no doubt about it. Um, but I just think that's the hardest one to get better at. And so, uh, yeah, it's not been – it's not been great recruiting the offensive linemen. And, and when I initially saw that text, I didn't see the part about offensive line. Um, uh, I just, uh, I just, there's, there's no doubt that that part has to improve. But again, even if you had been great the last, you know, since Joey McGuire has gotten here, it wouldn't be paying big dividends now if, as far as the high school recruiting goes. So you've gone to the transfer portal to try to get guys in here and get better. And I don't know, some, some ways, I, again, with what you did and what you've done running the football in recent weeks, I feel like you're, you know, you're better in that area. You just got to get better at pass blocking. But um, yeah, that's, that's definitely an area that needs to improve. We need, we need offensive uh, lineman upgrade. There's, there's no question. This has been the morning drive podcast presented by Cantex roofing and construction. Check out our library of Double T 97.3 podcasts at Double T 97.3.com.